0: Oh, here we go boys
2: go hey.
0: oh I love that sound this is a good one Welcome everybody to the Full Scale Outdoors podcast and joining us again uh, it's been a hot minute and we're going to welcome back Mr. Philip Schmidt. How you doing buddy? I'm doing very well how are you? Oh it's just so good to hear your sultry velvety voice again. (laughs)
1: Likewise my friend.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I have missed our little fireside chats here without the fire but I do have a fresh cup of coffee and the sun is shining here in northern minnesota where whereabouts in the in the world are you right now
1: right now i'm in southern california on my way to louisiana with a load of wine from napa valley oh i've got uh, Louisiana's my first drop and then i've got uh georgia alabama and then tennessee is my final one and then i'm probably gonna get reloaded and back to my woman in minnesota
0: jeez louise you know what yeah yeah Sounds kind of awesome. I like, what, what, what do I gotta do? What it do is, I gotta do to be a truck over the road truck driver? What do I gotta do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You get to see cool shit and go places, like people
1: meet meet really cool people, experience lots of cultures. You know, I've I've made many many drops, like on the Mexican border. Like Rio Rico is one small town. Another one is uh, Yuma, right on the Mexican border. You know. I always got to check for hitchhikers when I'm leaving those places, if you know what I mean.
0: Yeah, yeah, I bet. I lived pretty close to the border and I was in Arizona for a hot minute, and it was, I mean, you drive around at night, and it's not a story. Like, I've seen the, you know, I've seen. A coyote
1: ran in front of the road in front of me, and it's in the middle of the night, but that had two legs. And it was not. <laughs> right. It didn't exactly. have any fur, I've but it was it. a coyote. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I've seen whole families of them down there by Nogales run across the <laughs> road. Yeah. Well, you see, oh, you God. see that you see the lights. You, so, the uh, this literally happened. I had to go. I took the back way around to get to um, Bisbee. I was working for a radio station, and our sister radio station, we had a an office over there from Sierra Vista. So, you can go up and around, or you can go down and around. I chose to go down and around. So you. are Sweet. basically that border road and yeah you see eyeballs reflecting in your headlights you don't think anything of it you know you kind of start like oh those are people when you just boop, boop boop you see a couple heads dip down in the ditch and then when you pass through the glow of your taillights you can see human beings crossing the road behind you You're like oh, oh man okay <laughs> i mean okay <laughs> yep you know, it's just, it's, it, it is what it is back then. I mean, obviously it's been an issue for a long time. I don't want to go down this tangent, but, um, from what I saw, just my limited experience, you know, this was like a, a family trying to get a better life. You know, I'm not, I'm not making yeah, it yeah, political, for sure. but it's like, uh, right, right. You know, I mean, if I live in that shithole, I want to come here too. You know what I mean? Like, do I think they should just yeah. be an open border and be able to flow in like that? No, I do not. But,
1: Right, right. You we agree.
0: I'm not going to demonize somebody for trying to better their life, but anyways, all
1: right. And when I'm down there, when I'm down there, like they have these big, extravagant border patrol crossings, you know, to you know, to get further north, you know, into the U.S. And it's like, you know, you roll the window down, and I just so badly wanted to tell the dude, hey, why don't you go to where people actually cross into <laughs> the U.S.? Right. It's so like- I bet that- <laughs> It's not but like I the, don't need him being like, "Oh, okay, yeah. Um, looks like you got a chip in your windshield. Oh, Why don't exactly. you pull over and let's do a yeah. little inspection here?" Yeah. It's like, ah. Oh. So I just shut the fuck up. Yeah, let's see that logbook. Real it quick. is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> yeah, for real. Yeah. Let me, let me just take a quick peek. at That you mean deer don't only cross where they have the deer crossing <laughs> sign? You know, yeah, wow. the deer crossing sign. <laughs> that's right. not how that works. <laughs> that's hilarious. All right, so you gave me a list of potential topics, and they are all over the map quite literally and figuratively so i'm just gonna like pick a couple of them there's one I'm, just says... I'm gonna
1: just for the for the listeners i'm gonna go through them super quick okay okay <laughs> i told i told dale i've got a long list of or a medium whatever list of just topics one is i love duluth uh and this is due to current events there i've always loved duluth uh, i finally got covid this is another topic Another, the third topic is uh, custom rifle, uh, the pluses and minuses. I'm having fun and I'm not having fun with my custom rifle. Uh, my last duck hunt with Mr. Steve Lee in old Mexico. This is my third time there. That's a long, they're all long topics. Anyways, then the Minnesota predator calling season. Uh, this this year the weather sucked, um, so had fun. Then uh, life change, um, and then the, the, the final topic is
0: Mr. Nick Johnson, <laughs> which is kind of this is my favorite one that he is a topic. So I'm teasing yeah, that up, one. Totally. So we're we're yep. gonna end this. Uh, I'm gonna that's gonna be our final topic. That'll be for our today. conclusion. Yes, okay. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I want people to stick around because I can only my brain is concocting all sorts of crazy scenarios right now, and I love it. And when you when you pair life change with Nick Johnson those together, my amateur brain shouldn't be allowed and to have They
1: are kind of they are kind of, you know, related a little bit, you know? <laughs> oh my gosh.
0: All right. Okay. So um well, let's deal with COVID, just because I know a lot of people, like, this has been a crazy season. I know for me, I've been, I usually get, like, my one sickness a winter, but I've been sick twice. Now, I didn't test, but I'm pretty sure one of those was COVID, and, yeah, it knocked sure. my dick in the dirt for a while. Dude. And then, like, two weeks later, I got sick again. Now, it was both times after I went down to the cities where all those dirty, filthy people are. And if I had just stayed, <laughs> just stayed a recluse up here in northern Minnesota, I probably would have been fine. But no, I had to dip my toes in the petri dish that is the Twin Cities metropolitan area. But, anyways, yeah. So, how how was COVID for you? So I so I finally
1: did get it, um, and it completely knocked me on my ass. I was I was rendered useless for right around 15 days, Oof. and that is not in my character. Like I I get sick and I don't ever go to the doctor. But when I get ill, I just let it run its course, and it's a two-day two thing, maybe three days at max. So on day four, when this was just horrible, I finally did go into urgent care, and uh, they tested me for all the things, and it was Sunday night, and the next Monday was going to be uh, like a, a holiday. So they are like, well, we'll let you know the results of COVID um, on on Tuesday when we all come back in. Well, they sent me a text message at 9.30 on Sunday night saying, yep, you just tested positive for COVID. And so I went through all the steps for quarantining and everything like that. And, um, then I did a ton of research, and uh, it just it just sucked. Yeah. You know, it just sucked because there's nothing you can really do for a virus. Right. You know, now, it's not like, hey, give me some antibiotics. It's not like that.
0: Yeah. They do uh, allegedly have a treatment. Like, if you get it early enough, I guess there's a treatment that works pretty well. I've talked to a handful of people. They told me about it. Yeah. Yep. But it sounds like you kind of. Jumped into it too late before you finally broke down and.
1: Well, and they, they it was an option, but they they informed me that it's not. Uh, it's not like an absolute. Like it's not a sure thing. It's it's really expensive and it might work. That's all ah, we can tell you. Gotcha. gotcha. So I opted out. There you go.
0: Well, you survived. Did you lose your uh, sense of smell or taste or anything like that?
1: Yeah, for about two days. Wow. And I I I've never. Heard of that before. Like everyone I've heard of who loses their sense of smell and taste, they lose it for like three months or six months, or they still haven't gotten it back.
0: Yeah. And I've, mine came back right away. I've heard of a few. I mean, I've pretty much crossed spectrum. I've heard all different things. Now, that didn't happen to me. Okay. If I did, if one of my illnesses was COVID, I didn't, I have yet to lose my um sense of smell or taste. And I probably should have just taken the test because now it's to the point where I haven't tested positive yet where now I kind of want to like just to know you, you know what I mean like like do I have it did I not have it cuz I don't want to go around spotting yeah I haven't had it and then um but then I did I just didn't get tested but I probably had it sounds like it but the one of my one of the two illnesses I had that I thought oh this is covid for sure I had other Uh, Friends that had it at the same time, we had all the exact same symptoms. In fact, the the one friend we got it the exact same day because we were together. I mean, that's you know, you could easy math, right? And like symptoms started, we were on the exact same progression through like all of it. And uh, she got tested, and it wasn't, and she tested negative. So I don't know if hers was a false negative or what the deal was, but I was like, man, I mean, whatever the bug we have, we have the exact same bug. It's just the, the symptoms were mirror, you know? So I don't know. Yeah. Maybe, and maybe the one before. Because the one before really screwed me up too. I mean, I had one day, like, I just couldn't do anything. And that was the one where I was like, it was more of an energy thing than, than anything. Even when I started feeling better, like, there were a couple days I just had to lay around. Like, because if I got yes, up. for sure. And in five minutes, I was exhausted. Like, just
1: wiped yes. out. Same here. Was, you know, like I wild. talked myself, I talked myself into thinking, like, hey, I can do this task today. Like, God, I just need to do something. I can't sit here. Like, I'm gonna pull out all my hair, and I would step outside and fall flat on my face. Yeah, it's it was, like okay. I would get up. And make that co- was that was a fun idea. Yeah, but I got to go back. I'd to get bed. up
0: and make coffee and be like, I'm wiped out. Like <laughs> getting from the couch to the kitchen. Like oh, what man. the hell? So that, I mean, maybe that was the COVID one. I don't know, but. All right, right. Well, what's your takeaway from your COVID experience? Um, not a fan. <laughs> Thanks, China.
1: No, I, yeah, I, I, not much to say about it. Just that I had it and it, it fucking sucked.
0: That's and pretty it, much all there is. Did that, did that overlap uh, lead into or hinder your custom rifle build? How's that for a segue?
1: No, it didn't, it didn't do anything with the custom rifle build, but it did, it did fuck up my coyote season.
0: Yeah, I bet. So just going off of your social media, like it seemed like it was a quieter than normal uh, predator season.
1: It was absolutely, yeah. And uh, so I guess we could roll into custom rifle or Minnesota predator season.
0: Um, let's do this. Let's tease custom rifle for a, a future episode. Just tell us like basically what oh. you're working on. Don't dive deep, and then we'll go okay, into predators.
1: Okay, so my custom rifle. Um, I'm a Savage fan, always have been. Um, so I ended up getting a Savage Impulse Predator in 6.5 Creedmoor, and I had it immediately rebarreled to a uh, 26-inch Sendero carbon fiber barrel, uh, 22-250. Ah. And it's been a very fun project, but with ev- any custom rifle, there's always stuff. That needs attention. Sure. And
0: is this your right is this now? The I'm, first time you've tried building a rifle, or have you done it before? It is.
1: It is. Okay. It is. And I've done, you know I've talked to lots of friends who have built custom rifles, and they're like, "Yep, you know, just there's always there's always little bumps in the road, you know, but along the way you start to build a longer, uh, a stronger relationship with your rifle, just because you're spending so much time and you you know it so well, like the back of your hand, when you're all finished, you know."
0: I, I felt a collective like worldwide uh, tension build and then immediately release, as you said, Creedmore, and then you you changed it. And I I don't know why <laughs> but that 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 round, that that Creedmoor is like the most triggering thing for hunting communities like some people just love to fucking <laughs> yeah, hate. The right? thing. and i don't know it and i honestly i don't know anything about it but all i know is that there have been some internet debates spawned over the mere mentioning of creedmoor sure <laughs> it's like
1: i don't know yeah, it's, it's an incredible cartridge for sure
0: Yeah, well if you ask some people i just i don't know i don't know why i don't know why i garnered so much hate i just thought that was funny i was like oh he mentioned it's, it's creedmoor. super trendy yeah and then you changed it I was you like, know, it's, okay. People are already (laughs) setting the phones down. They're getting ready to angry tweet, and then they're like, oh, okay, he changed it. All right.
1: So, yeah, the custom rifle, um, I'm having lots of fun with it, but it has its little – like I said, I'm on the final stages of completion. Now I have called in and killed plenty of predators with it this this year already, so I am having fun with it. It's not all stress. Oh, so it's functional. It's it's actually – yeah, definitely. Oh, uh, absolutely. All right, cool. That could be cool. I I mean,
0: that could be a really cool standalone – we could do a how-to, you know, build a, build your own rifle from kind of start to finish, you know, concept for sure, to planning. For sure. That oh would be a God. really that's, good. That would be a really good episode.
1: That's probably two or three episodes. Oh,
0: geez, well, I mean, more content. I like it. I like your stuff. Yeah, for sure.
1: So, no, anytime.
0: I know me and a vast amount of my the listeners here at Full Scale, like. Compromised waterfall hunters is probably a strong 80% of my listening base. So with that said, I want to hear selfishly about
1: Mexico. Talk to me. This is an incredible topic. Um, so skimming the surface just a tad on, well, not really skimming the surface, just, just mentioning it. Uh, due to life changes that I'm going to make, I actually tried to get out of this last trip to mexico i called steve because steve and i we we've been planning this for about a year and a half two years and i said hey steve i got things going up i'm i'm just on a different path here and i've been spending money like fun money my whole life just doing fun shit and i want to grow roots and settle down and if you can find someone to take my place i will forfeit my deposit so this whoever you find has a friend or whatever, to take my spot It's going to get 1800 bucks off of this trip. Dang. Like, you guys take the money and go have fun. And he's like, okay, I'll call you back in two weeks. And, uh, yeah, he, he didn't have any luck, and I, I had my fingers crossed. My fingers and toes were crossed, but, you know, with such short notice, he was not able to find anybody. Sure. So I'm like, okay, here we go. You know, and when he called back, I think he was expecting me to just not be in i'm like no i'm i'm totally in i'm not gonna leave you hanging man you know so yeah we went to mexico and you know days one and two were pretty routine you know this is my third year there and that's part of the reason i don't want to go back at least to that outfitter because it's kind of same old same old it's sure. an amazing place man it is an amazing place but after the third time i'm like huh
0: seen else it is done I it there? yeah exactly yeah yeah yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So this year, Steve and I actually brought our own waiters, so we could have more of our own influence, because the guys who are there, there are so many fucking birds. You don't actually have to really be good at hunting. Sure. (laughs) You know, and and it kind of shows. You know, these guys have a great outfit, a great lodge, everything's great, but, you know, they just don't really know they just put the decoys out they don't pay any attention to the wind speed the wind direction you know the hide anything like that this is like it's just routine like this is this is standard procedure we throw the decoys out and you're going to shoot 20 or 30 or 40 ducks today and you're going to have fun and that is accurate you know like you are going to have fun lots of birds um so days one and two like i said pretty routine but steve and i brought our own waiter so we could kind of do our things, do things our own way this year and it wasn't until, like, the third and final afternoon that, you know, Steve had been kind of keeping an eye on this one part of the marsh that the birds were piling into, and it wasn't near any of the uh, the permanent blinds, and he's like, I don't know how I can really convey this to Sergio, and so I was sort of the translator, kind of. Steve was like, hey, could you, let's go talk to Sergio, and you know, between all of us, because there's a little bit of a language barrier there. Like, there's nobody on the lodge that speaks extremely good English, but it's good enough. And Sergio is kind of number one. You know, he's like the main guy that speaks the best English. And I speak a, line, a little tiny bit of Spanish. So we went over to talk to Sergio, and we explained what we were kind of wanted. And, yeah, Sergio was on board, and he seemed actually pretty excited about it. And so we ended up going to the spot that Steve had been keeping an eye on and there were some birds there, but it was not as good of a location for a hunt as we were hoping, it was too small. And we wanted a small spot, but it was a little too small. And Sergio was like, you know, come get back on the boat, let's, let's check out this other spot. So we went and, you know, the spot was bigger And yeah, there was tons of birds in there. We walked them out, set up, and we actually stood in the cattails and we put the decoys how Steve and I wanted to, you know, like tighter up against, not, I guess I won't get into that. We just put the decoys out better according to the wind direction and speed. And the decoys, or sorry, the birds were decoying, like, oh my God. They were actually doing really well. We had wind and sun, and it was both at our back. So all the colors on all these birds were just popping when they oh, were coming in. It man. was just it was such an amazing show. And uh, yeah, we were all just standing in the water, you know, keeping our guns loaded. And that last afternoon, I think we hunted for about two and a half hours, possibly, something something like that. And we actually ended the hunt early so we could help um, Alberto. That was our bird boy. We hunted the we ended the hunt a little early so we could help our bird boy recover as many birds as we could. And we recovered one hundred and seven ducks. Oh my god. Two shooters. Oh two my. hours and thirty oh minutes. Oh my god. For an afternoon. Oh my god. That's so so many. Yeah. And, and everybody at the lodge, all of the staff, everyone was so excited when our boat pulled up and we had this small mountain. Oh, I bet. On the front of the boat. And, uh, and then Sergio told me, like, we wish all the clients would bring their own waders. I'm like, what? I really wish that I wouldn't have held that in yeah, for so yeah, long, sure. thinking to myself, like, God, because the potential of that marsh, it's like a 6,000-acre marsh. And they are so good at managing it. You know, like they have hunters for three days, and they only hunt one half of that marsh. So that's three thousand acres that they spread. They spread three blinds, two hunters in each blind, evenly up, out throughout that three thousand acres. And then the other three thousand acres, they they leave that for the birds like a safe area. And then when the next group of hunters come in, they switch the three thousand acres. Okay. So every other every other three thousand every three thousand acres gets hired three days every other week. So they're extremely good at managing that property. Yeah.
0: You're not blowing it out, that's awesome. So do they usually do they rent waiters or they have waiters there for people or people just don't use? No, waiters? they no they absolutely
1: do not. Correct. No. Okay. So you don't. The first time I went. I went bare minimum because I was feeling it out. And I'm like, okay, if this place is as awesome as my buddy Dan is telling me it is, he's the owner, uh, the president. He's not the owner. He's the – I don't know what he is. <laughs> we'll call it... <laughs> I think he's the president of uh, the Ultimate Waterfallers Challenge, Dan Winterland, and he's a okay. friend of mine. Um, anyways, if this place is as cool as – Dan says it is, I'm going to come back next year with friends, so I only brought one friend on the first year, just to feel it out, and I brought a backpack, that is it, I brought a backpack, that is literally all I brought, a Hmm. backpack with clothes, and so, in the morning you wake up, you go out to the fan boat, and they bring you out to your permanent blind, you step into the permanent blind, your bird boy's out there retrieving the birds and putting out decoys, and um, so yeah, they they don't supply waiters, uh, but on my second year going, I was sharing a blind with Steve and we were doing a little bit of brainstorming and talking like, okay, what are we going to bring for the next year while well, we're bringing our waiters for sure? Because it's hard for us to communicate to our bird boy where the decoys really should be. Right. You know, and it, it, it makes a big difference, man. It really does. Um, I mean, the results speak for themselves like yeah, steve and an i with just our little bit of influence like we were hiding the way we want to hide and we're putting the decoys where we know they should be and 107 ducks recovered like christ almighty
0: right yeah no i i get it because it's like you know you go to certain say fishing bodies of water right just to make this analogy and it's the the, the lake is just you know it's like cheating anybody can catch fish there it's like you go there and the skill level, especially if you grew up on that lake, you probably think you're this oh, great man. fisherman, but then all of a sudden you go to a different lake where you actually have to know what you're doing and you can't buy a bite because you're trying to just do what you got away with on this amazing lake. And you, Correct. Just, you just don't have that luxury. So, yeah, I mean, so they developed this business down there that's just, you know, waterfall mecca. And just doing what they do, you're going to shoot piles of ducks and you're going to have happy Yes, and customers. you're going
1: to have a great time. Yes. Yeah, and so, like, 100%. what's your
0: motivation to really... You know, refine your right. craft. Like you don't really have right. to, um, but then you go down there with you know, like you guys did some hardcore, well, knowledgeable waterfallers, and be like, oh, it could be so much more. And then you do it. You know, like that's, and that would be me too. Not saying that I fall into that upper echelon of waterfall hunters, but I would, I would be my brain would be like, oh, what we should do is go over there. And you know, I my yes, brain. Yes, yes, you this can recognize day.
1: the potential of this amazing gem.
0: Right, 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 right. Yeah, I can one more definitely story. see my brain doing that.
1: One more story about the Mexico thing is uh, they've got tree ducks down there, and that's unique. So after after the first morning and the first afternoon hunt, I was watching these tree ducks, black belly tree ducks, and I knew that there was a blind over there. I talked to Sergio. I'm like, hey, man, tomorrow morning can Steve and I sit in this blind? I've hunted this blind one other time in my life, and it seemed to be better for the the tree ducks well this year we showed up and there was more tree ducks down there than i'd ever seen in my entire life Mm. i mean more than more than double it was insane and they were using this area near a blind and i talked to sergio can we hunt there tomorrow morning he said yes you can but only for about 30 or 40 minutes because we don't want to blow those tree ducks out and i was like i love you thanks like i don't (laughs) care yeah just just and then and then he said sweetened the deal he's like you hunt the tree ducks in the morning for the first 30 minutes, 40 minutes, and then we're going to move you to another blind to finish out the morning. Like, yes, perfect. Um, so, yeah, we got out there in the morning. Tree ducks are, man, they really are their own thing. They fly super, 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 super early. Like, take 30 minutes before shooting time and throw that right out the water. They're flying oh, before wow. that, and you and you are shooting before that. Wow. Matter of fact, the first flock that came in, Steve couldn't see them. And I have, I have 2013 eyesight, so I've got kind of superhuman vision. And I couldn't see them very well either, but I could hear them and I could see enough to identify. The sound was really what gave it away, plus I could, I could see them good enough to identify. And I, I only fired one shot, one single shot. And I dropped three of them. (laughs) Wow! So that was how we started. That that's how we started that morning, and um, we ended up taking, I think, sixty-six ducks that morning. Uh, Twenty which? Twenty.
2: Huh.
0: Lots of fun. Sounds like lots of fun.
1: Good lord, that's so many. And then uh, the dove hunting was good as well. That's always good. Uh, did three dove hunts and just crushed them. When I came through back through customs, she's like, okay, what were you doing? I was like, I was hunting. this like, oh, okay, okay, we got to check your birds. I'm like, I didn't bring any back. She's like, oh, you didn't get any? I said hundreds. <laughs> 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 and the guy next to her, the other guy in customs who wasn't doing anything, he laughed just like you did right now.
0: That's amazing.
1: I said, yeah, I got... Probably thousands, actually, but no, I didn't bring any home. All my trophies are right here in my phone. <laughs> if you, you want know? to go through my phone, here you go.
0: Yeah, what's the limit on pictures? <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I saw some of those pictures, and it's just it's hard for uh, me to not get excited about like the, the cinnamons and stuff like that because you just don't get. Them oh here. man, you just don't get them here. You know, like it's just right,
2: right.
0: So when you see one, especially when they're plumed out like that, it's just like my god but uh, any bands anything like that
1: um not that i know of (laughs) okay
0: okay (laughs) so you're not getting your hands on each each one of these birds because you got your bird boy out there just picking up no
1: like and 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 no that's that's not something i pay attention to anymore um i used to like when we're in the boat on the way back i'm looking at the legs in the pile but i'm not looking at the birds you know and I think the bird boys are pretty good because they do handle, like they actually grab every single bird. And I think they do look for bands because while we were hunting on day one or two, the bird boy was like, he was trying to explain to me, he was making a ring around his wrist and he's like, oh, ring, ring something. And I'm like, uh. what there's a band in the pile and I'm digging through the pile. And, and then through translation or whatever, he w- we, we learned that it was a group before us that they got a banded Gadwall. Oh okay The hunting group before us got yes. a banded gadwall
0: Nice I don't, So I think still, they I mean, do I, pay attention Probably because I haven't shot that many banded birds It's still still badass to me Like I'm always looking for bands And and more so not for any sort of like uh, Body count or anything like that It's just I love the story behind it Like I love getting the information oh, yes. back Like that yes. It just incredibly intrigues me I love getting a snapshot of that Bird's life you know Like, where it was banded, how old it is, like, the journey it's had, like, how many miles has this thing put on? Like, that's, I'm still fascinated by that stuff, so I would totally be looking for bands.
1: Especially, it would especially be cool down there, to be honest. Hell yeah, dude. Like, well, okay, so was this bird banded in Alaska? You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Like, that would be super fascinating. How cool would that be? If it was banded in Alaska or, like, Guatemala or something super cool and we're just right in the middle?
0: Yeah. I mean even in Arkansas, even anything, like it's gonna be cool no matter what. I mean just the fact that you're shutting yeah, in Mexico is true. badass. So you know that its journey is gonna be something interesting, you know. It's not like yes. it's not like one of the honker bands I, I got in North Dakota, it was banded like, you know, three miles away from where I recovered it. You yeah. know Which it's still cool to get a banded bird, but a little honestly a little bit of a letdown where you're like, huh. Alright. Yeah, this literally. thing was
1: banded three months ago. <laughs> yeah, this thing
0: never moved. <laughs> three miles away. <laughs> well it was it, it wasn't a, a fresh band. Like it was a the bird was a few years old if I remember correctly. But it, okay. it still okay. was like it's like, well, this is this is quite literally a local bird. Like this bird probably never really moves far even in the winter, you know, probably because right. it was a giant, you know, so it's like it moves as far as it has to, basically, you know. Yeah. yeah. If it had to maybe went to the Missouri <laughs> River or down to Yankton and then right back up to Devil's Lake. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, that bird probably hasn't done a, a big flight anywhere <laughs> in its entire life. So, you know, which is interesting in and of itself, but just, you know, it doesn't make – it's just more impressive when you see these birds that, like, do these thousands of miles journey, you know. Like, it was the yeah. one guy had years years back, might last year – I don't know, it was a while ago – where uh, it was a banded pintail, and the thing was ban- it was banded in Japan or some shit. It's like, dude, what? <laughs> what? Are you kidding me? Like, that's insane. God, I don't. Know. So that just takes it to a whole different level of trophy for me, you know? It's like, yeah. dude, that's wild. But all right, well, so and so that's it. You're not doing Mexico anymore, huh?
1: Well, at least not at with least that not, outfit. At least not because there. okay. Yeah, yeah, you know, because I, I explained this to Dan, and he's like, oh, you know what, life changes, and different paths, tell me about that, so I told him about that, and then in the meantime, he's like, telling me about how he has been doing some scouting, and working with other outfitters in Mexico, and then he was telling me about those, and there's quail hunting, and snow goose hunting, and then I'm like, all in one breath, I'm interested in going back to Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> And just like that,
0: I have changed my mind. Uh, that's funny. Um, yeah, it's, Is is Steve still on? Is he going to go back to that place, or is he kind of the same with you? Steve, He's like, I would Steve. like to go, but maybe somewhere different.
1: Well, after that last day, Steve and I are both volume shooters. And after that last day, Steve was saying that he wants to come back. And now that, you know, I know that we do have a little – bit more freedom to move around at that location and we can have our own influence. I kinda wanna go back too, but I won't. Mm. I know I won't.
0: So now he's got a new challenge. He's got a record to
2: beat.
1: (laughs) Not yeah. Um but Steve Steve does want to do destination hunts and fishing for the rest of his life. That's just what he wants to do. He wants to go hunting and fishing in Alaska. He wants to go to argentina one of dan's mexico trips also involves a large amount of bass and steve Ooh. wants to do that
0: oh i'm listening yeah I, so, need, I need to make more money so i can get in on some of these adventures
1: <laughs> yeah or marry yeah.
0: Well or something i don't know what i gotta do
1: and that's that's one of the that's one of the things that steve and i actually considered on this third and final trip to mexico should we go with the same outfit because dan's got this other one with some different opportunities, better lodging, um, and largemouth bass. And, and I damn near lost Steve forever when I said largemouth bass.
0: <laughs> I get it. I get it. But Steve and I have that in common, for sure.
1: Right, right.
0: I have to, hopefully I see him at the TOC this year. I got to track him down and actually say hi. Mm-hmm. I saw him. I saw him last year. I just didn't, we were both, it just didn't work out. I couldn't drop what I was doing. He looked like he was busy. So I wasn't going to like trip sure. over myself to go. You
1: know. I think he was busy counting money, wasn't he?
0: Um, I think I was saw him day one, so probably not quite yet. Oh, okay, okay. I don't remember where he placed at the TOC. He didn't win because I know the, oh, the okay. guy who took first place is the the kid in my club. So,
1: Okay, gotcha.
0: He didn't do that. I mean, I don't know. He may have fished top ten or something. I don't know. I don't remember where he finished. I guess I could pull his records up, but not that it matters. How,
1: how high or high – how, whatever, what, how do you, how do you have to finish in the money? Like top five? Well, top this three? was,
0: so this was the, the tournament of champions. This is like our state tournament. So there's, there's not, there is some money involved, but it's not big money. This is all like. Um, oh, okay. Winning your way up to a bigger, um, a bigger, what would be the, the term? Like a, a bigger, bigger tournament. Cheer. Yeah. And the, the next okay. tier up, like it's okay. like farm league, like, all right, you're going up. You're getting called up to the majors, kind of a thing. So, I know he did well down on the river. I think last year, or one season, like in a, um, like a BFL or something. I don't remember exactly what it was, but I remember seeing, I remember seeing a post about it. But yeah, he seems. And I remember way back when, even the Minnesota Waterfaller. Um, I bought, um, I bought a reel off a, a rod and reel combo off him. I think, way back. Oh, cool. When. Yeah, he bought my. He bought one of my old trucks. Yeah. It's kind of cool, but yeah, I haven't haven't talked to him in man. Who knows? Fifteen years, twenty years. It's been a long time. Okay, okay. Been a long time. It's always crazy to think like time wise, especially with the you know when you throw the Minnesota Waterfaller Forum thing in there. It's like you run into these people, and you're like, "Oh yeah, I was on there." And you're like, "Oh, what was your handle?" And then you recognize, and you're like, "That's so crazy."
1: Yeah, yeah. I was listening to a podcast yesterday where. This uh, individual from Minnesota was on the Predator Masters forums, you know, like all the forums. Minnesota Waterfowler was a part of my life back then, and then Predator Masters forums also was a part of my life in the winter during that season. So, yeah, yeah. crazy,
0: crazy time. Totally, yeah, just like, just so different. It's just crazy era. But all right, well, what do we want to move into? Do you want to um, go life change, and then Nick J, we can cap her off.
1: Let's see. Let's see. We, we've teased, we've
0: teased life change a few times, so I feel like listeners are gonna be like, "What is he getting reassignment surgery? What's what's going on here?"
1: Let's do let's do let's do the Minnesota Predator season first. Okay. And then we'll go into life change. Um, so this year, Predator season in Minnesota was kind of a flop, even for the battery optics guys, even like the the thermal guys, um, just. The weather never came, you know, to really get those coyotes moving. Um, didn't just didn't get the snow, didn't get the cold. I mean, yeah, we did have a cold snap for sure. Um, and the battery optics guys killed more coyotes than anyone else, just because we didn't have any snow. Um, so those guys could go out there in their tennis shoes and, and stand in a alfalfa field on, with their tripod and, and call coyotes in and kill them in the pitch black. Sure. And those those guys. You know, had a good season for the most part, I would say. But uh, yeah, just kind of—it seems like across the board, you know, it's just a slower season for everybody. Do
0: um, you think it's more the snow than the
1: cold? No, it's a—it's—it's it's both, it's equal both. parts both. Okay. Okay. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Because you get a good layer of snow on the ground, and and it's not as easy to find the food, like uh, it. It, you have to use the coyotes have to use more energy to find the food if you've got 3 feet of snow sure you know so so they need to be moving more and they're just more vulnerable just like just like ducks and geese coyotes are the same the hungrier they are the more vulnerable they are
0: sure that makes sense yeah and it's pretty so, mild so their caloric need is probably down
1: um so i mean i i ended up only getting 4 coyotes in minnesota this year but i I've got 19 for the season, uh, nationwide. So it was a pretty good season for me, but, uh, the weather was, a was a detriment. Uh, the illness being down for 15 days was also a detriment. Um, I mean, I still had a great season, but if I, if my season was just lived to Minnesota, it wouldn't have been the greatest. You know And I Yeah,
0: for sure. It
1: is what it is, but it's, it's always fun, either way.
0: I was going to say, I like, the snow maybe just because they blend in better, too. Maybe you don't see them, but then if you're in the— That's sp- also true. But if you're in the desert southwest, you're not dealing with snow either, so, I mean— Right, right. So, I guess, yeah, I mean, they. I'm guessing they blend in well, the pretty snow, well down there, the too. The
1: snow in Minnesota mainly has a lot to do with, like, the moonlighters, and that's what I am. I'm a, I'm a moonlighter. I go out when the moon's big, and gotcha. there's got to be snow on the ground, and you hunt just like you would, like you see in the videos. Like, you know, you, you get them to come— out uh to the call and you see him come to the call with the naked eye and the moon is big enough to do that for 10 nights every single month but if you don't have any snow it's zero nights a month that you can do that so it really really takes a toll especially if your season is hunting you know the november december january february moons that's 40 days of hunting that you're going to miss out on
0: do you change your tactics as you move into uh breeding season Yes. Okay. I kind of assume. Yes, I do. I only have yep. a and I also, understanding I, of predator hunting, so.
1: I also changed my tactics from eastern coyotes to western coyotes. Minnesota are eastern coyotes, and then I would say, west of the Missouri River, you get into western coyotes. What's the
0: what's, what's the big difference, like uh, in your
1: human population?
0: Okay.
1: Human population. If you look at a nighttime map of the U.S. You're going to see all of the lights in towns and cities, and the human population is in the eastern half of the U.S. It's so thick, and you need to adapt. The hunter, the coyote caller, needs to adapt just like the coyote does in order to achieve consistent success.
0: And what does that look like? Like, what is the, what's the big difference?
1: That eastern coyotes are afraid of their own shadow. They okay. don't get a break. There's gotcha. way too much human activity every time they— stick their head out during the daylight, they are getting either shot at or chased <laughs> by snowmobiles, four-wheelers, dirt bikes, Honda cords, <laughs> yeah. trucks. Yeah. They are just, they're just con- they're under on constant yeah. scrutiny. Okay,
0: that makes sense. Yeah.
1: So that's why, since the introduction of battery optics in the eastern half of the U.S., like, for example, Minnesota legalized thermal and night vision four years ago. And we have the coyote densities in the state, but we... The only way you could really get after them is if you had the ability to adapt and just become a moonlight hunter with your regular scope. But now that these guys can legally go out with their thermal and night vision, the eastern guys in Minnesota, if you are determined, you will put up western numbers. Like some of the best western hunters are going out and killing 8, 10, 12 coyotes in a day. They start at sunrise and they don't end until it's dark out so they're hunting from dark to dark and they're killing 8 10, 12 a day and there was just there was just no way we could do that in minnesota but now the battery optics guys in the eastern half of the u.s they are putting up western numbers the only thing is you have to do it when it's dark out
2: mm.
0: that would be are you do, do you have that equipment or are you interested in hunting like that no
1: I I didn't I think so. I
0: kind I kind of did. I was kind of picking that up, like a yeah, little but I refuse. I was getting kind of like I was getting kind of vertical horizontal bow um, vibes from
1: it. That's that's. I was just gonna make that reference. Like I'm a compound bow guy in a in a or no, sorry. I'm a I'm a recurve bow guy in a compound bow world.
0: Sure. There you go. <laughs>
1: I'm just I'm just I just got a little bit of Fred Bear in me where like. <laughs>
0: You know, it's a good
1: way I of saying kinda, it. Yeah. I, I've I've taken such a long time to hone my skills into becoming an effective and efficient coyote predator caller in Minnesota under the moonlight. That's how I learned how to do it. And I'll be damned if I'm going to take a shit on all of that with battery optics
0: Right. Well, it's what you want out of it. You know. It's like. Yes. Yes. I think where people kind of go off the rails, in my opinion, is when they like start demonizing a certain tactic or a certain way of doing. It. It's like, no, it's just not for me. It's like I don't. You know, I always, I've said this a million times on the show, but it's like me with turkeys. It's like I've never killed a wild turkey. I've hunted quite a few times, but I haven't been successful because the way I want to do it is public land and with my bow. If I'd have brought a shotgun yes. any one of those times, i out of the, I don't know, let me just rough estimate, I bet I've hunted eight times, and or eight seasons. I bet I have been successful five of those if I'd have just used a gun, and it would have been the first set. For save. sure. Which is exactly why I don't do it. Because I'm not like, I just don't have this, you know, huge interest to just kill a turkey for the sake of killing a turkey. And so many people are like, just get that first one out of the way. And I'm like, but it's not how I want to get it done. It's, like, it's going to mean nothing to me if I do it the way, because I know I can. Like, and doesn't
1: it seem strange to use a shotgun? that shoots 250 pellets to shoot a bird on the ground. <laughs> I mean
0: I don't know. I just I don't even get into it that much. Where it's just it's just I want to shoot him with a bow. It's as simple as that. That's it's right, as simple right. as that. And I and I want to do it on public land because I know that's like the hardest thing to do. So uh, I I the point isn't a dead turkey at the end of the day for me. Like that like if that was the point, yeah, I would just ask handful of private landowners i know that have shit tons of turkeys and i would use a gun and it'd be over it'd be over just like that
2: yeah, right. which right. is
0: exactly why i don't do it it just doesn't it's like there's no challenge here
1: nine-year-olds correct, consistently
0: correct. kill turkeys all right this is not and that, like... that's
1: my that's my draw to coyotes is the challenge and if you take that away then there's no appeal to me yeah just just, it's just not satisfying
0: i can't bring myself to to rifle hunt for deer and I don't have anything wrong with them not lobbying to get it shut down the firearm seasons, like, nah, if that's your deer, No way. Like, you yeah, do it. Right, right. But for me it's like when I at the end of the day when I think about what I want to do with my time and how I want to spend it just shooting a deer with a gun just does not doesn't excite me. It's, it's, right. it's not about killing a deer for me. It's it's about the actual pursuit of doing it. And I love bow hunting. I love
1: getting them in close, you know, I didn't get and, to, and, you know, when you're, when you're bow hunting, you're not deer hunting, Dale, you're, you're not deer hunting, you're hunting a deer.
0: Yeah. It's, it's just a different, it's, uh, yeah, it's just a different experience. I'm chasing a different experience is what it comes yes. down to. It, it's not the, the quarry or the target animal is just like the medium, you know,
1: it's different than it's the brown. It's down mentality. Yeah, yeah,
0: I, I definitely don't have that. I mean, I don't get me wrong. I like to eat venison. I was really hoping I'd get one this year because I haven't. It's this will be the second season I haven't killed one. But part of that's where I live. I mean, there's very low deer density up here, so. Yeah. Right. I, and I didn't. I just didn't hunt that much. I was, you know, it, again, it comes down to choices what I want to do. And a lot of those days, bad weather days, where deer be moving. Are also potentially really good duck days, so, yeah, so yeah, right. So I'm a, I'm in a pair of waiters instead of in a tree stand. I mean, you yeah, know, you gotta you gotta make a decision sometimes. And there was one of those days where I did choose. It was some snow coming in, and I did choose to sit in the stand. Didn't see any deer, but I heard a lot of shots coming from the lake, and I was like, "Son of a bitch!"
1: <laughs> oh yeah, Had right. Some yeah, real FOMO,
0: real FOMO kicking in. A,
1: you have all these imaginations or images of just golden eyes and buffalo oh, heads, yeah. just paddles down, yeah. just playing out so they can slow down to land in the decoys. Bluebills screaming oh. across the lake. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, falling
0: snow and all that. Maybe a canvas back or two. Yeah, all of Big it. Big
1: old paper plates falling from the sky. Oh,
0: yeah. I had all that. All that was in my head as I sat there and didn't see deer.
1: <laughs> oh, Nick Johnson. I'll hearing... call you back, buddy. Nick Johnson's calling oh, me right now. I'll call of, him back.
0: Speaking of Nick, Jay. I can, I'll just throw them on three way, but all right. So that's predator season. Ready to move on. Sure. All right. So the life change.
1: Well, what's happening? So the life change. <clears throat> um, yeah. So I've always been how hmm, to start. I guess, I guess I've always been a bit of a vagabond, you know, just traveling, never, never really settling down. No moss. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, I think I'm ready to settle down. As a matter of fact, I know I'm ready to settle down.
2: Huh. Huh. Right.
1: Um, and you know, I my girl, my girlfriend, she's got two lovely daughters, seven and eleven. I love kids. Like I love kids. I I still am not interested in having any of my own. <laughs> the thought of changing a diaper,
0: just the <laughs> thought of it gets me lightheaded.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're skipping. Like,
0: yeah, you're going to instant dad mode. I like it. You're skipping past the.
1: Yes, right, right.
0: The blown-out diaper shit to the back of the next stage, which you know, not needed.
1: Okay, new topic. (laughs) 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 Oh my god! If I ever had to do that, you know, if I ever did have to change a diaper, there would have to be a five-gallon bucket next to me you know, (laughs) for me to throw up in. It's pretty nasty. Uh, There's no way around it. It's it's. it's, Yeah, yeah, we're we're moving on now. Um, so. Where was I going? Okay, so yeah, Sarah and I, Sarah and I dated when we were kids, and, uh, you know, we dated when, when we were kids, and, and uh, she was ready for making plans for the future, and I'm like, hey, man, I told you in the beginning, like, I don't want to do any of that stuff. I just want to love you for the rest of my life. She's like, okay, but I want to have kids now. I'm like, okay, well, I want you to have kids, you know, but they're not going to be mine, So, uh, let's, uh, you know, I want, I want you to be happy. I don't want to turn 30 and then you hate me because we never had kids. Mm -hmm. Like you got to get this out of your system. Right. Uh, so yeah, we, we broke up, stayed on good terms. We've, we've, you know, we've known each other our whole life really. And, uh, I moved back to Minnesota and, uh, you know, we just kind of got back to talking and, uh, like, um, you know, your kids are potty trained, right? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> She's They're like, like, are you asking me out on a date, Phil Schmidt? I said, I am, as a matter of fact. That's hilarious. <laughs> so now we're back together. <laughs> um, but with the kids, you know, with the kids, you know, it's like uh, time, to, time to grow roots, settle down. You know, at the tender young age of 44, which is way too young in my opinion. Nobody wow. should be settling down at that that young of an age, but whatever, it is what it is. I'm madly <laughs> in
0: love. Aw, so cute. Uh, it's not <laughs> settling down, <laughs> per se. It's just realigning um, your... It, compared to what my life has been, it is sure. settling down, yeah. Sure, sure, yeah. Realigning your... Um, I don't want to say interest. Your um, ah, words are just escaping me today. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm not going to find it. Not the word is okay. just not it's not happening. But yeah, okay. so you just have, you know, different interests and that's 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 all right. It doesn't necessarily mean settling down. I assume you're still going to do things, you know, hunting trips and what Yeah,
1: and that's, you know, Sarah is very encouraging, you know, cuz I talked to her about the trip to Mexico and I said, "Hey, hon, that's like kind of the finish line. I've been spending fun money my whole life and now I just want to I want to just 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 be with you and the kids, man, and I wanna take the three of you to all the places and do all the fun things and and uh you know, she's like, Phil, don't ever change what you're doing. You know, just just I know you wanna go hunting and do all this stuff and she's been very supportive, but I just I just wanna slow that part down and just be a family man now, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean that's Hey man, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> like, it's there's so bad. much
1: fun stuff to do at home, you know—bicycles yeah. and go look for cool rocks and take the girls on adventures. You know, they're they're ages seven and eleven right now, which is a super fun age, man. Yeah,
0: it is. Yeah, it is. You know,
1: and of course, she wants to learn how to shoot. Oh my god.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, you've always been, you know, and and big part of your personality, especially when you you know jumped on and been a part of this podcast is. Is uh, passing on your yes. knowledge and and kids and helping you know in that next generation and, and what better way to have than to be a father figure and be a true mentor to you know not sixty kids but a couple kids you know in a very yes yes for sure you know,
2: yeah
0: well, that's cool there's nothing wrong with that like that's it's awesome I think it's great and so I assume that's that's part of like the leaving to Duluth thing like are you changing. well okay and and i
1: i just i just want to i i love i've always loved duluth duluth is the most beautiful town the most beautiful city in the entire state of minnesota in my opinion i would say Stillwater comes in close second uh but duluth i love duluth and sarah and i did like a little honeymoon trip there i spent three days i highly recommend the lift bridge lodge that place is awesome um And I say honeymoon because that's what you do in every relationship. Like, I've honeymooned the hell out of some beautiful women all my life. And uh, so that's what we're doing now. We're doing the honeymoon thing. Nice. And I just love Duluth. You know, I I love Duluth. Um, We had a super – this probably happened, I would say, a month ago. Um, I saw my first wolf on the way up there, broad daylight. Cool. Um, Duluth is – God, I can't say enough good things about the Duluth um, yeah we did a lot of hiking uh, we had Lakeview at the Lithbridge Lodge so I brought my binoculars and Sarah and I were sitting we were sitting at the big bay window you know sipping coffee on our recliners and I was identifying ducks and <laughs> I was hoping to see some sea ducks you know I saw Mainly golden eyes, a few buffalo heads, and we did have one flock of five black ducks come screaming past. That's cool. So that was pretty cool.
0: I saw shit tons of long-tailed ducks this year when I went fishing out by Isle Royale in November.
1: Shit tons I, of them.
0: Shit tons of them.
2: I don't know where that is.
0: Uh, so Isle Royale is the big island there in Michigan. Owns it somehow. But it's actually closest to Canada and Minnesota, so if you, oh, look okay. at, you know if you're looking at the um, picture of Lake Superior and you got the Arrowhead part of Minnesota, this big long island kind of runs parallel with the same angle, kind of sort of, as the Minnesota Arrowhead. If you were to pull up, it you'd know exactly what I meant. That that's like that's the island. It's a it's a national park. It's they study it for the moose wolf. Dynamic. Um, yeah, and that's about all I can say about it. If, that, if those aren't ringing any bells, you just aren't interested in Isle Royale. <laughs> it's a pretty well-known spot. Um I didn't get on the island, which I still would like to do at some point in time, but I did get to fish near it, and we caught some giant lake trout. It was tons of fun. But, yeah, Sweet. there was crap. I mean, there were hundreds of long-tailed ducks out there.
1: God, that's awesome. Yeah, and of course my brain's like, okay, how do,
0: I, how do I how do I hunt these? How do I <laughs> like what's the how cuz it's a national park. I'm like, okay, what's the buffer zone of the island? Like where can I yeah, legally right. hunt and where can't I? How am I going to do this? <laughs> like, cuz there was shit tons of them. Ugh. First time I've ever seen them, for sure. Mhm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was pretty wild, but All right, we derailed. So back to your life change moving from Duluth
1: Yeah so Duluth is just I just love Duluth I guess that's the title of that story and and uh, we're done with that oh, you know I on. was there recently even though it was in the winter we had a great time we brought all of our winter hark- hark- hiking stuff we went up to Gooseberry Falls there's plenty of outdoor stuff to do just right around Duluth even in the dead of winter it oh, was yeah. cold and windy out there but North we brought our great. stuff yeah. you know we were we were ready for it and god it was so much fun yeah North and North the shore places shore. to eat you know, all the places to eat, you know, like we were staying right in downtown Duluth by the lift bridge. So you just step outside yeah. and so many awesome restaurants down there. And oh, I love it. Cool.
0: <laughs> so you're looking at getting like a big property. you can going to make your own Minnesota version of habitat
1: flats or what do you, what do you think? Absolutely never. <laughs> um, and the reason is the reason is, and, and you're in the same boat, Dale, like we have millions and millions, you and I both have millions and millions and millions of acres of prime hunting land available to us right now. Why would I go buy some that I'm going to like, I don't, I, I, I yeah, no. So I, I am in a you know, I'm planning to not live in town. I want to live out in the country. Don't need a huge spread, but you know, pretty much every time I ask if I can hunt on your property, the answer is almost always yes. Right. And mainly because I'm asking, can I hunt pigeons? Can I hunt prairie dogs? Right, can I hunt sure. Yeah,
0: right, right, right. You
1: know, I'm not going around asking to pheasant hunt and deer hunt and things like that. But throughout all of my, you know, relationships that I've built with landowners, I have tons of property available to me for deer hunting and turkey hunting and all the main stuff just because these guys know me and they like me. Mm-hmm. You know, we like each other. Like, hey, man, if you ever want to get into deer hunting, No. I'll let you know, though. If I do, I'll let you know. Right. And that's going to come full circle because Cora is interested in learning how to deer hunt.
2: Oh,
0: that's
1: cool. And so, you know, if, if we make it that far, step one with her is teaching her how to shoot. Teaching right. her how to shoot safely and accurately and efficiently. And then if she, after she learns how to shoot, if she still wants to go deer hunting, then we can take the next step. Right. You know, like, okay, you got to dress warm and... You got to sit there and you got to be patient. And if we make it that far, and I'm not going to tell her this, but if we make it that far, I have some pristine deer hunting properties. Nice. That I just don't pay any attention to because I'm not a deer hunter. Right, right. Nice. But yeah, she won't. She won't be sitting for long.
0: <laughs> well, that's good early on because the kids do get bored quick. Correct. Correct. So quick success with new hunters is that's big. It's, yes. big. it's big in getting the hooks into them, for sure. Correct. Yeah. So, Nick Johnson. Are you getting, like, life change into Nick Johnson? Is this some kind of, like, uh, yeah, and, love and triangle, they, some polyamorous? They. <laughs> <laughs> How did you know? Have you guys been talking? We always talk. We do Waterfall Wednesday every week.
1: Oh, God. I got to listen to those episodes and review and make sure that <laughs> you don't have to delete any of them. Sarah, I hope you're not listening. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, anyways, it it kind of does go hand in hand because Nick is a he's a brand new daddy. Yeah. Yes, sir, he is. You know, he's got himself all married up and kids up. Well, at least one kid so one far. Kid. And,
2: yeah.
1: Yeah. And, uh. He seems to really be enjoying himself, you know, with her, with his new daughter and mm-hmm. the wife and, you know, the new life change that he made, you know, selling the place in Murderapolis and moving into Wisconsin, which was an incredibly good move on his part. Oh, for sure. And, you know, now he's,
2: he's, he's
1: trying to get the plane off the ground. And anytime you're starting a new business, it takes a few years to get the plane off the ground. And I'm helping him as much as I possibly can by sending him clients. Uh, from my past, and just, you know, helping him with advertising ideas, and and helping him advertise, and and that's basically the reason for me bringing Nick Johnson up as a topic, is uh, he is booking pigeon and goose hunts, and to any of my previous clients who possibly are listening to this, um, if you enjoyed hunting with me, you'll enjoy hunting with Nick Johnson. Like, he... He was my main number one right-hand man. You know, I think he started with me in Goosebusters when he was, I believe, 14 or 15 years old. As a matter of fact, when he was helping me out, oftentimes he would have to get a ride out to my place by his mom. <laughs> That's hilarious. So Nick, Nick just has um, a sterling reputation. Um, he's very professional among professionals. Um, yeah, he's he's just a good man, uh, very good, very professional, and I can't say enough about him, enough good about him. So yeah, book book hunts with Nick Johnson.
2: Yeah,
0: I, I agree. I have no I have no notes. I agree with everything you just said. Um, yeah. Yep. So, so. Wish him nothing but the best, and hopefully ah, he'll be successful. He's gonna. He's gonna he bird. He's gonna bird nerd the shit out of it, and like you said, the way he operates, yeah. um, he's you know he's gonna do it right because that's just how, yeah, he, he, that's he, just he, how will, he rolls. he will he will
1: be successful, but it, it won't happen as soon as I want. I want him to be. I want his books to be full today.
0: Oh yeah, I mean that's uh, I learned that the hard way, you know. Just because you announce yourself as a fishing guide, people don't. Your phone doesn't just stop ringing, you know. Like, correct, correct. <laughs> it's quite the opposite. You're like, how come nobody's called yet? <laughs> like, doesn't the world know that I'm a fishing guide now? You know? Uh, <laughs> right. And it's just not how it works. I had another buddy of mine that he was toying with. Uh, I won't mention names, but he was toying with the idea of getting a, a snow goose spread and trailer and the whole deal and jumping into the the spring. Snow's oh guiding thing. a guiding of yours
1: was thinking about doing that yeah and,
0: I, and i'm like okay okay i know where this is going <laughs> and i just i well and i was this was through a friend of a friend too he's like oh so-and-so is okay. thinking about getting into it i'm like all right well good for him i hope it, I hope it works and my only bit of advice is just that what i said just just because you have an outfit doesn't mean you're going to get clients in fact you're not yep. going to get clients right out of the gate you're gonna because you're going to hit your network your social media network which is what all of your friends, and maybe some of them are willing to throw some money at you and, and go do it, but you're not going to crack into the strangers that you really need to crack into to get to get those clients. And, you know, right. just the uphill the uphill challenge of nobody knows who you are. You know, people are going to do their – some people are going to do their due diligence, and even if they do come across your, your page and they see your advertisement or whatever, they're like, okay, let's look into this. Like, he has no reviews yet. You know, oh, he's brand new. It's like, you know, it's like people, it's just, it's, it's a long, it's a marathon to get there. So it's not like. For sure. (laughs) If that's what you want to do, I'm all for it behind it. Know that it's going to be, you know, an uphill climb and you're going to stick with it. And if you, if it's just a passing whim, man, don't drop 30 grand on stuff. Just get, correct. just go do it because you like to do it. And then invite your buddies out if you want to be a group thing, you know, like. I, I just—if you think it's gonna—if it, you think it's a get-rich-quick scheme, it 100% is not. <laughs> no. It's—it uh, takes a lot no, of money. No, SnoGu's get getting
1: it delivered more rea- reality checks than any other <laughs> business that I can uh,
0: think of. 100, uh, yeah, 100%. Like it's—I'm gonna be doing it this year, but I'm just going back with the premiere. Um I'll be yeah. hunting with Dean with Premiere in South Dakota. So, yeah, that's what I'll be doing. If anybody wants to come out and hunt.
1: And actually, that's one one other topic that I didn't add to the list. But we can talk about spring snows if you want.
0: Oh, we can. We can. We can do that. We've gone for an hour. We can do that and end on. Unless, unless there's any.
1: If you want to, if you want to talk or add anything more about the Nick Johnson topic.
0: Don't really have anything to add. I think you know. I think he's on a good trajectory. And you know, like I said, it's it's a it's a marathon, not a sprint. But he's been doing it. He's been doing the work for forever. You know, he's yes. he's already he's already got some accolades that. Most people trying to break in the industry don't have he has his own signature series call who has that he helped develop a calling app who else has that you know what I mean like oh, he's man. got right. he's got some good things um, going for him for sure and then just his work ethic and the way he goes about it and uh, truly Correct. wants his clients to be successful and have a great you know he does small groups you know he he has a very he, he's got a good mind about here's the product I want to put on the table and I'm confident that people are going to want that that product and his product isn't the same product that you get everywhere else in the waterfall world so yeah it's going to take time to build that book up and get you know uh, and get a lot of a lot of
1: consumers have tried the guiding thing in the past not the guiding thing they've tried to hire guides in the past and they've been let let down by uh many many guide services and nick johnson will not be one of those guide services mark my word yeah, no, he'll he 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 he's I'm confident that if great. you go yeah. with Nick Johnson, you're gonna become a repeat client, whether you just hunt with him once a year or five times a year. Right. Yeah. You're gonna stick with him. Yeah,
0: no, he'll be he'll be great. He'll be great. I'm not worried about that at all. But yeah, the spring snows, this is gonna be a really interesting season because I don't think I I think I know. I haven't experienced a weather pattern like this ever while hunting snows. So it's gonna be interesting to there's see. There's no finish line. Right. So there's no like there's no ice wall, no line. right? There's no <laughs> snow line. There's no, there's no flat earth ice wall for them to fly over. Uh, so there's nothing to dam up. They can just move through. So, like, are they going to blast right through? Or no. are they going to trickle through? And it seems to me they're trickling through because <sighs> there's no reason they couldn't be in South Dakota right now or North Dakota if they wanted to be. But they are,
1: they are showing up already on, on uh, Lewis and Clark and Yankton.
0: I would say it was about two weeks ago I had my first reports of in the Lake Preston area, which is where I hunt, where they saw their first uh, few adults show up. But nobody wants to chase them fuckers anyways. So right. there's still people banging in Arkansas, and there's still, definitely still people banging away in Missouri. So I think it's going to be kind of a trickle through, and it's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how it pans out. You know.
1: Yeah, so at this point in the season, like, I'm excited for you guys. You know, last year at this time, I was like, dude, this fucking sucks. Right, yeah, all the you snow. Know, last, last year, the snow, and it just was never ending. And we went, and we had a great time, but we had the ability to to be flexible with our dates. Right, know, so cool. last year, we had fun, but 98% of the people who went didn't. Well, like we they, had that. Trip they probably plan. changed their date three times, and then ended up not going ultimately.
0: Yeah, we had that hunt plan that we had to push back because of the weather, and then ultimately, yeah. obviously, that meant some people couldn't go, including me. And Correct. so, it, you know, it's just that screwed everything up. Uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think it could lead to. I've been seeing some good piles too. I think the good thing about it is you're not going to have this big mixing of adults and juvies because you're not going to have that snow line to dam everything up. So the mm-hmm. adults can just, they can move through as they want and go breed as fast as they can get there. And then mm-hmm. the juvies, not hindered by anything, they can just kind of feed their way north, you know, the non-breeding adults, sub-adults. And it could be, you know, maybe we're not going to be look at as big a roost, as big a feeds, but that's not necessarily a bad thing, you know.
1: No, it's a good thing.
0: You're going to get smaller pockets trading around, coming from all sorts of different, directions and i could make for some really good shoots i'm pretty excited about it i'm I'm excited about it just because i love it like since i've been out of the snow goose guiding game for a few years now every spring i just miss it as the pictures come in i i love the spring season but i honestly i love guiding like i just i love meeting new people every couple days and having those conversations and just like
1: it is a lot of fun. I love it is the a lot guiding of fun.
0: part of guiding. Yes, yeah, if that makes yes. sense. you know what I mean? Like, no, it does to me. Yeah. <laughs> the real, the real personal, the like, the human aspect of guiding is what I like more than anything. It, like, honestly, the pulling the trigger, it's definitely second. And piles are great because piles make smiles, and smiles make bigger tips. But yeah, yeah, I just like spend. It's, it's honestly, it's the downtime in between the shooting the shit. Dude, that's so much fun. I just love it so much. And I've, had, you know, over the years, I've been guiding at Lake Preston area for so long that you know I've developed a a reputation with the locals there. And quite honestly, like the bar owner and the you know the city councilman and all that stuffs. Like I miss those guys. Like they welcome you with open arms. They don't treat you like an outsider. It really is a home away from home. So the whole thing, I've just been missing it. So I'm I'm glad I'm going. I'm glad I get and to this, go year, to get this, this
1: year, this year you're going to be able to go because the weather's well, unless we get five feet of snow, which still could happen.
0: Man, I just don't see it. If we get, if we get a lot of I snow, know. <laughs> if we get a lot of snow, it's gonna, it's really gonna be a pain in the ass because it's gonna end up melting, and then you know that snow goose hunting and mud kind of go hand in hand more times than not. But that's gonna make it a nightmare. But uh, yeah, looking at the extended forecast, we might get snow, but we're not getting the cold temperatures to make it last. I mean, not at this, not at this point. I just, I just don't see. I just, I could be wrong, but I just don't see it. You know, we got the ice is just like there. Ice fishing has been shitty. I feel bad for all these resorts this winter that've made hardly no money, cuz people can't bring their wheelhouses up and they can't put all their shacks out, and it's tough. You know, all my buddies that fish the the ice fishing tournaments they're scrambling right now because the one lake they have a, an event on they're not going to be able the ice just isn't safe enough so now they're looking like we're going to have to go further north you know they're going to have to just you know call an audible and and make it happen you know it's just it's a mm-hmm. crazy crazy year so i just i don't see it <laughs> i just don't see it turning anytime soon it'll be interesting to see how this rolls like what the winter pa- weather pattern will be in the summer if it's going to say warm and dry or if it's going to kind of flip-flop because it's been a while too since we've had a non-summer summer summer. like a long time since we've just had one of those rainy cloudy summers where it Mm, never seems to get above 80 which doesn't bother me any by the way for the record because i'm not a heat person but i know it pisses a lot of other people but, yeah. Well, those
1: people can fucking move to Nevada or Arizona if they want to be in the heat, <laughs> right? Right. Uh, so with you, sons of bitches, that are always complaining about winter in Minnesota.
2: Move. Yeah.
0: Go why, south.
1: God why, damn.
0: Why do you live here?
1: <laughs> yeah. Exactly.
0: This is not a shock. <laughs> it's, like, it's twenty below zero in January. Yeah. It does that here? Yeah. Put some clothes on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's that seems about right. <laughs> my sister's been loving it i for one love winter and yeah, cold weather that's I just, why i live in minnesota i love the seasons man i like i've always said like i don't i would hate to live in like the middle part of the country where you get the worst of or both. the southern well i feel like middle middle is the worst you get the worst of both so it's like it still gets cold in the winter but not cold enough To, like, make ice. Not cold enough to get snow and Uh, keep snow. So it's just cold and windy and dead and gray and brown and nasty for three, four months. And then when it finally turns around, now it's 95 to 100 for four months and humid. (laughs) Like, this sounds terrible. Why would you Uh. live here? (laughs) It's like, why do I live where the air hurts my face because i don't have to deal with yeah, four months yeah. of fucking 95 and humid that's why and when it is cold mm-hmm. i can go out and recreate in it and not just sit and look at it and be depressed out my window like that mm-hmm. Ugh, gross like, <laughs> no i i like minnesota I, don't, I just don't i don't see myself ever
1: i love minnesota yeah.
0: I, I don't love it love the seasons. don't ever see that changing but
1: yeah the reason i love it is because of the poor season exactly Except With the variety. end of one is the beginning of something new. Like, yeah. winter's about to be over, and I'm looking forward to spring and getting on the mountain bike and yeah. riding around in the motorcycle, too. Like, that's a summer thing.
0: I like my, you know, I like my then, seasons. I oh. like I like it where they belong in the calendar, you know? Like, when yeah, winter spills great. into my spring, yeah, I get a little crabby. You know, it's like, all right, that's enough of the snow. Let's, you know, <laughs> yeah. all right. it's All right, March, you know, especially when it bleeds into April. Like, what are we doing here? <laughs> this is, winter, you had your shot. You know, uh, and the same it's like I don't like summer bleeding into my fall. Where are my cool nights like what I'm over the heat. What are we doing here? Why is it eighty five degrees in the middle of October? What's going on? I'm in three millimeter neoprene waders and sweating my balls off. It's supposed to be cold right now but what 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 is happening? <laughs> so I like my seasons. just if I could have my uh, preference, they would fall within those perfect three month seasonal that would be that would be wonderful but they rarely do that's all right it is what it is but yeah let's wrap this thing up i think we covered a lot of ground but we had a lot of catching up to do
1: well yeah this this episode had really good flow my friend really really good flow
0: oh it was it was fun i I was just uh it's funny because i just had i was just thinking about you yesterday in fact like man i haven't had a i haven't received the i'm ready text (laughs) from you in a long time. And I wake up to one. Well, I didn't wake up. I was already awake. But yeah, this morning I'm like, oh, sweet, there's one. Let me set up this equipment real quick. Make a pot of coffee. Let's do this. So it's good to hear from you again. And uh, keep it rolling. Although although I will say, come March, though, I will be guiding and it's going to get... I'm probably going to drop off the podcast planet. So...
1: Right. I'm I'm looking forward to hearing the stories, man. Yeah,
0: I already told Nick. I'm like, "Well, all right, you're, I'm going to need some solo episodes out of you in March cuz you know how the guiding thing rolls." He's like, "All right, dude." <laughs> so, I think people prefer those anyways. That'll be yeah. fine. It'll all be good. Good to hear from you, sir. Be safe out there. And uh I'm sure we'll we will talk again.
1: And then whatever your passion, pursue go it. Ahead, finish it full scam.